Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hi, Rachel. It is so nice to talk with you today. I'm so excited for this. So before we even dive into the conversation, I just wanted Mm -hmm. to extend gratitude to you for just being who you are in the world and doing the work that you're doing. It is so necessary and you are a force. So I'm just grateful to be able to share space with you in this way. Thank you. That means so much. I appreciate it. And um, the feelings are deeply mutual. So before we um, get started, can you please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do? Yeah, my name is Rachel Cargill. I am a writer, an activist, and a philanthropic innovator. And I exist at this intersection of my race being Black and my gender being a woman. And I like to explore ways to reimagine the world with my communities on social media and in real life. So that's what I'm out here doing. So let's talk a little bit about writing and using writing as this means of not only communication with community, but also kind of as a love language. Mm -hmm. I'd love to get your thoughts on how writing plays a role in your life outside of academia, outside of profession, but more so as this soft and gentle reminder to come back home to yourself. Yeah, you know, for me personally, writing has always been like my strongest skill. Um, It's been a place that I've been celebrated, you know, from teachers and my parents and other authorities who have expressed to me, you know, Rachel, we think you're a good writer and your words um, are powerful when they're on the paper. And so I think one of the things for me around writing is that whenever I come to put thoughts on the page, um, it's always a reminder of my power for me. And it's a way for me to kind of reflect on the ease, you know, writing is easy for me. It really, in ways that I've found other people find difficulty, I've been able to kind of help push them through some of the writing phases because it is a space of ease for me. And so it both acts as a reflection of my power, which we all appreciate anytime we're reminded of the powers that we have, but also it's a beautiful place of ease for me where when I need to create, when I need to release, when I need to reflect, it gives me a easeful and intentional way to do all of those things. And writing is just a beautiful tool to deep dive into all of the aspects of us that we want to continue to explore. That is so it. I resonate with that deeply. So I have to ask, how has your self-care practice evolved or shifted during this year? I mean, you are the founder of the Loveland Foundation. You have a bookstore. You're fighting the good fight. You are on the front lines. You are doing so much to give to the world and to your community. How are you 
taking care of Rachel these days? Like, what are you coming back to, especially on days that feel kind of maybe overwhelming or stretched thin? Yeah, you know, recently, I really reflected on it. And I realized that this quarantine really has illuminated for me how much I value solitude in uh, real life or whatever that was called before <laughs> the pandemic, outside of the pandemic. I don't even know. You know, I was always with people, whether it was a partner that I had in my home, at meetings, traveling on planes, at conferences. You know, I was constantly in the presence of others. And this quarantine has allowed me to really indulge in solitude and what it means to be by myself and what it means to decide what I'm going to do for the day without having any consideration for who else might be around or who else might be affected by the decisions that I make. And that has been such a gift to me on the mornings where I wake up and I decide, is this going to be a day where I'm walking around nude all day? Or am I going to dress up just for me? And in the days that I put on makeup or in the days that I dress up, really doing it for a reason that has nothing to do with any other being on the planet. And so this practice of solitude that has been forced upon me, being someone who doesn't have um, a partner or children, it has been such a gift to remind myself how glorious solitude can be when it's practiced in love and it's practiced in abundance when it's not rooted in the ideas of loneliness, but rooted in the beauty of aloneness and the relationship that we have with ourselves. And that has been a big part of my self-care, just relishing in the solitude and not feeling um, despair in it. Like I think I might have before all of this. So that's my first answer. And the next is really with all of the things that I have been able to get done this year, looking at the bookstore, looking at the growth of the foundation, looking at all of the work that I do online, a lot of my self-care is in taking time to celebrate when good things happen, when goodness exists, when I reach small milestones and being able to both deep dive into meaningful work, but also take a breath and say, wow, that was really dope, that collaboration. Wow, it's really beautiful the way Black women are showing up for themselves and, you know, taking this therapy that the foundation has been able to provide them really that reflection and that intentional celebration, even in the small things has been a beautiful source of self-care for me, for sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've talked a little bit about solitude, well, a lot of bit about solitude on your online platforms and also choosing to be child-free. And I want to talk a little bit about that because I don't think as many women, especially Black women, are talking publicly about making this intentional decision to not have children. And I love your Rich Auntie Supreme page. It's like a guilty pleasure of mine. And I saw a post that you recently shared that says, I've signed myself up for cello lessons, French lessons, 
and horseback riding lessons. My decision to be child-free has a profound effect on how I'm able to approach celebrating and pouring into my inner child. And that struck me so much, especially as a person who has multiple children (laughs) and how I'm like moving through nurturing and celebrating my inner child as I parent. So I want to talk to you a little bit about your decision to be child-free and your decision to be really vocal about it and celebratory about it with your community. Yeah, it's a conversation, you're right, that isn't had much, like you said, especially in the Black community. But I, one of the frameworks of me making this decision was that I was a nanny for many, many years. I was a live-in nanny for children from newborns all the way up to teenagers. And I have had really beautiful experiences in supporting families raise children. I've been part of various villages in raising children, and I'm very aware of what it looks like and what it feels like to be part of the upbringing of a child. Um, And I have witnessed so much beauty in it. And I've also witnessed a lot of the challenges. And I think that as I was getting older and really taking into account where my joy lies and where my rest lies and types of experiences that I want to have in the world, I realized that coupling that with my knowledge of what it takes to raise a child and what it looks like and feels like to go through the day to day of, you know, being present and um, available and intentional in raising another human, I just decided that wasn't the particular place I wanted to put my energy and such a large chunk of my lifetime into raising a child. Yeah, that was just the decision. It wasn't rooted in anything else besides me having an understanding of how I wanted to exist in the world, of me um, recognizing that my early mornings are such a simple time for me. And it's hard to do that with children when they're getting up and being hungry. And it can be such a beautiful and exciting time for families and a fun time to connect in the mornings. But I just recognized in moments like that's just one example of how I knew I wanted to exist in the world and how that wouldn't be best done by existing as a parent as well. And so, yeah, I think being intentional with that decision, like not letting it be something that just happens to happen to look up in 30 years and be like, oh, you know what? I guess I didn't want kids. Like for me to be like, I have come to a realization and I want to live intentionally within this decision. It has made me more vocal about it, both to kind of hopefully write a permission slip to other people Mm. who have decided that they don't want children for them to be like, oh, wait, this can be a decision that I find joy in, that I find peace in, that I find intention with. But also it's allowed me to really manage my time in a more intentional way, I guess, for me to say, you know what, I have a lot of friends who are using, you know, their income right now to pay for back to school, you know, thinking, let's say at the end of the summer, I I think oftentimes about how much money goes into what my friends have to pay for back to school supplies for their children. And it's like, okay, well, since I don't have children, I definitely have a little bit of disposable income. How can I support my friends with that particular thing? So being sure that I have made my decision, not just out of self-serving, but in a way to serve people who do have children to continue being part of those villages, to continue existing in my role of rich auntie supreme. And by rich, (laughs) I mean, not only in the fact that I do have a little bit more disposable income than what my friends might be spending on schooling or extracurriculars, but also the richness that I have in time, in luxury, in space, in my home, in deciding how I decorate my space, knowing that I won't have any sticky hands on the couch anytime. 
<laughs> it has really allowed me to make sure that my narrative around children or not having children can serve a purpose and not just be kind of a passive life happenstance, but it can be an intentional way that I'm deciding to live my life. Mm, I love that so much. And I hope that is a permission slip for people who are thinking about stepping into the caretaker role or the parent role, because it's so important that we feel like we have autonomy and that we have a choice and not just the societal pressures to, you know what I mean? Be partnered, yeah. be married, have children, etc. Um, That's not everyone's life path. And that is so okay without having it be linked to this like grieving, you know what I mean? Or this feeling of loss, because I know sometimes people can also feel that way. Like, am I not supposed to be full and happy in this decision because I'm a woman, because society says I should be having children or family members say I should be having children X, Y, and Z. So that's why I use the term child free as opposed to a term that a lot of people use, which is childless. Mm. And I just like to pay attention to the language of there's no lesser aspect of my life because I'm not having children. There's just a freedom in time and other ways that come from not having children. And I get to choose how I use that freedom. And I decide to use the freedom by being, um, you know, a part of other people's villages in various ways while also cultivating this very intentional life of being a woman who has decided not to. So let's link that back to your inner child and what you've been doing to nurture your inner child's heart and how you're using writing practice and also these different activities that you're signing yourself up for to really kind of lean into that celebration and that joy. How has this time in your life shown you how to show up and be present for your inner child? Yeah, you know, there's so many things that, and I'm sure you as a parent know of ways of thinking like, oh, if I had children or when I have children, I would do this differently to make sure that I'm pouring into them in mm. ways that you might not have had. I think it's a natural thing to think about what you were missing and what you're looking forward to give in the future. And so basically I am making decisions to give myself those things that I felt I was missing as a child or I felt wasn't given to me in the fullest ways that they could have been. So that's that nurturing of my inner child is both just a beautiful opportunity to try to fill in the gaps that my mother, for whatever reason, my father, for whatever reason, the adults in my life, you know, they had their own things going on. They had their own inner child issues. They had their own aspects that might not have allowed them to pour into me in the ways that I now know I need. So I'm kind of taking that on myself. Like what ways did I need to be held? What ways did I need to be more disciplined? What ways did I need to just have space to explore? And so part of me being in relationship with my inner child, it's not just like, okay, what would I have wanted when I was younger? It's like a true relationship, looking back and being in conversation with my younger self about what they might need, what they might have needed, and even what their dreams were, something that my mom would have never known, regardless of how close we got, like those mm -hmm. inner thoughts and feelings and fantasies and desires about how I wanted to exist in the world as a Black girl. And how does that manifest right now? as I have more power over my own life as a Black woman. And I'm thinking, you know, if I had the choice, I would have taken art class all day. If I had the choice, I would have signed up for every single extracurricular available, but my mom didn't have the money for that. If I had the choice, I would have taken long vacations in the summer because I loved laying in the sun. Like I love just sunbathing. And so it's really been a playground of sorts to really, it feels like I'm running from like the swings to the slide to the monkey bars going around and finding <laughs> Mm -hmm. 
for younger me to really play and indulge in the things that either my mother couldn't give me or that she just wouldn't have known because I wasn't able to articulate it as a child. And so this conversation with my younger self saying, you know, now I can articulate that. Yeah, I really did enjoy the opportunity to interact with other kids from different cultures because I learned so much. Okay, so as an adult, that means how can we learn ways to travel and not just go to touristy places, but find ways to sit at dinner tables with people in different countries and learn. So it's a really indulgent, elevated childhood that I'm trying to play out right now. I love it. I love it all. And I often teach to my students, like our inner child is us, you know, it is our current self as well. So it's like balancing what we need now with what we needed then or what we want now with what we wanted then it all is cyclical and goes together. And I really love how you said it's like a playground of sorts, because that's truly what it is. It's it's an experience. And it's definitely something that I want more people leaning into. And I'm sure you as well, like, get to know your inner child. What do you need? What do you want? I think that's really big and major. So before we wrap up, I definitely want to touch on sisterhood as an act of self-care and community care as Black people, as Black women. Can you talk me through a little bit of how you find joy and importance through sisterhood as a Black woman and how it links back to self-care as community care? Yeah, I mean, I always say, particularly as a Black woman, that my healing, my deepest healing is always found in spending time and being in community with other Black women. And so it's twofold in the sense that I get to finally, in most cases, I'll say finally, because it feels like it's usually after a long time of being in more hostile places that I'm able Mm. to relax around a group of people that I don't just like, like I like you as a person, but also you give me, Black women give me a safety that I don't get other places, a safety to be who I am, a safety to find joy in what I find joy in, a safety to talk how I talk and dance how I dance and laugh at what I laugh at. And so Mm. it's like a, it's such a salve to have the opportunity to just exist and not survive whiteness and not survive patriarchy. And ridding of those two things puts me in a particular state of joy and relaxation that I definitely don't get in other areas of the world. So that's one thing. And the other is that we know best what we're going through. And so I know that there's such value in me being able to see what someone, you know, uh, Instagram exchange that a friend has that might be a little hostile for me to reach out and be like, girl, I see you and I hear you and let me know your address so I can send you some flowers to brighten up your space in the midst of this. Mm -hmm. You know, those types of affirming each other and knowing that that affirmation is rooted in a true understanding. It hits a little different when a black woman tells you she knows and someone else tells you they know because you know a black woman knows like you know that she's super aware of exactly what you might be feeling in any particular point in time so it's just the self-care of familiarity and community Mm. that we might not get in other spaces and we both deserve that and we owe it to each other like as sisters we have to learn to both take the love and take the joy and take the compliments and take it in and soak in it because we deserve it but also to make sure that we're looking out for each other and dishing it right back out 
That is so beautiful and so true. And thank you so much. So before we go, I would love to ask if you were mentoring your younger self today, what three things would you be teaching her about life? Ooh, that's, I love that question. Um, I would be telling her, one of the affirmations would be, I am worth everything that's possible. So really reminding myself not to limit myself to goodness. I would say the joy is in the journey. Mm. So reminding myself that the end goal of whatever it is, whether it's a degree or even like a relationship, like going through the dating stage, like there's so much goodness there, not just getting to the part of being claimed or the part of being married, like really indulging in the joy of the journey. I would teach myself kind of how to be more aware of just the little goodness that pops up along the journey. The last thing I would want to impart to my younger self is I would push her to find more small ways to be creative throughout the day, like constantly cultivating that creativity, because I know now that creativity brings me so much joy, whether it's writing or creating content or whatever, being musical, really finding small little moments to cultivate that creativity, just to build that creative joy muscle so that it will be as big as ever as I got older. Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai. The Hey Girl podcast is produced by Wayne Bertram and me, Alex L. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.